All right, so uh, uh, our, our topic for uh, Sunday Morning Focus today is going after God. And um, <clears throat> uh, as we spend time, uh, whatever day that Pastor Keith shares going after God, I, we have some other people sharing uh, different days. Uh, as we talk about going after God, you know, because I was just thinking, like, I think we intend to go after God. But a lot of times we're not going after God. We're going after man. We're going after props. We're going after accolades. We're going after trophies and badges. You know, sometimes we do things just to wear them as a badge because I think our significance in the world is either what we have, uh, what levels of sacrifice we sacrifices we make. Um, but it's not just pleasing God, and that's really what sh should be about. You know, uh, we moved out here obviously from Ohio. Um, so, you know, we moved out here. Uh, hopefully you'll edit that when you see that on video. All right. So, so we have, we came out here to Charlotte and the, the thought could be, or one could say that we, uh, uh, and, and it's been said, I might even said it before, man, we could have started a, sh a church in uh, Columbus, Ohio. You know, because we spent a lot of time there in ministry. But no, we couldn't. No, we couldn't, Minister Jackie. We couldn't start a church in Columbus, Ohio, because that's not where God told us to go. So so we didn't make no sacrifice by coming to Charlotte. We weren't supposed to be in Ohio. We weren't supposed to be in New Jersey. We were supposed to be in Ohio. So we didn't pass up states to be here. We actually are where we're supposed to be. So it's, it's like, it's no... We don't get brownie points because we didn't, uh, uh, you know, because we didn't start a church in Ohio. What's, what's between here and Ohio? Uh, we drive through Virginia. We didn't start a church in Virginia. Uh, we drive through West Virginia. We didn't start a church in West Virginia. We don't get brownie points for that either, right? Because see, if I'm chasing, if I'm going after God, then the goal is to be obedient, right? So. Or uh, I married my wife in in in, uh, uh, in August twenty uh, first, nineteen ninety three. Uh, I met her October eighteenth in nineteen ninety two. I didn't pass up nobody to be with my wife. That's who I was supposed to be with. And so when we start looking at things from that angle, now we can actually gear ourselves to say we're going after God. But if we stop short of going after pleasing God to making sure man knows our accolades, our props, our sacrifices, we lose sight. This is the other thing. Um, me and my wife talking about this last night. I know people that claim Christianity. Now, not, now I'm, I'm not being negative. I just I have to say it that way for a reason. So they claim Christianity. But there's, as we're going to find out in this teaching, if we're saying we're living for God, it looks like something. But I notice how we spend a lot of time in our lives trying to do the world stuff and almost call it like God. So my wife said, you know, someone was out doing, uh, singing something uh, secular or uh, we'll call it most, a lot of music these days, not all music, but a lot of it, a lot of it, a lot of it is, is sexual or uh, whatever. So they was praying before they went out to do something sexual. Almost like God endorsed us displaying what the devil does, right? But, it's, but, but something has to go on in your mind 
to even be able to do that. Something's happening where you're compartmentalizing your life with God with what you do in the world. But if you're going after God, I guarantee you won't compartmentalize it. You'll understand that I never miss anything that's fulfilling in my life if I'm truly trying to please God. So it's, it's beyond your feelings. Because sometimes, you know, we, we, we're going after our feelings and we're not speaking the truth in love. But if I'm going after God now, I'm being obedient. So let's talk about it here. And actually, I'm going to tell you what stimulated the teaching. A while back, I was talking to a, a good friend of mine, a young, young minister, but, you know, somebody that I've been in their life for a while. And I could be phrasing it wrong. You might have said it two ways. You might have said it one way. But I think he said, you know, well, people, people appreciate how you go after God. He says, he says, yeah, yeah, you do a lot of stuff. But I'm trying to tell you, what really impacts people is w- whether anybody tells you or not is how you go after God. And so I kept hearing that word. Like it just kept ringing in my ears. And I, I think that day, uh, most of the notes I have were, were, were pinned that particular day. Wasn't pinned. Probably put it in my iPhone. <laughs> yeah, I just call it pinned, you know, because it was that it was typed out. All right, so uh, so we're going to be going after God if we're uh, if if we're pretty if we're going to be serious about this. We're going to have to go off after God, and we're going to have to I think. Uh, uh, I think I was talking to Ty. I was talking to Ty before the baptism yesterday, and we were just talking about a life with God, and I said, well. Well, he was, he was saying, you know, there's, there's some adjustments I really need to make. And I said, you know what it is? It seems like it's major adjustments because what do we do? We're tempted to look at how we've been. So we measure the demand from God is normally measured by how we view our capabilities. You know, so if I tell you uh, uh, we're going to go out and shoot ball tomorrow, your first thought is, Okay, wait, wait, I haven't shot ball. <laughs> uh, I don't know how I'm going to do. You play basketball all the time. So, so what's your first thought? How, where I've assessed myself in this ability to play basketball. So soon as somebody places a God demand on us, we normally do what? We assess ourselves the way we've been or what we believe we're capable of doing. But I heard my wife say something this week. She said, babe, you know, I think most people, uh, when we were talking about a particular person, and she's like, I think that person just, they, they, they don't think they can do it. Because they have a lot of respect for the God stuff, but they don't think they can do it. She says, because I think they think it's on them. Like, we actually think it's on us. That's why we go, whoa, 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 whoa. Based on how I've assessed my ability, man, can't nobody read that. Can't nobody pray that. I can't give that up. Are you kidding? I've invested so much. That, that was my thing with basketball. You know, I did a teaching in Ohio, and I came to the audience, and I said, you know, I had to be honest. I realized I, I invested a lot of time in basketball, more than God. But I would tell you, if God, I actually prayed to God one time. If you want to take basketball away from me, you could take it away. You know, because, you, you know, it might have been one of those sermons I surrender all sermons or whatever. 
And I made the statement, but what was deep, deep, deep in Keith? Surely you don't want me to stop playing basketball. I'm good at this. But it has nothing to do with what you're good at. You can be good at anything that you spend enough time at doing. You know, you could be good at womanizing if you spend enough time at it. You could be good at drinking if you spend enough time at it. Does that mean you're supposed to keep drinking? So it's not, a, it's not based on your investment. It's based on your obedience. See, we think based on our investment, why are we stuck in some of the relationships we've been stuck in for all that time? And we look back and go, I was never supposed to be with that person. <laughs> why? See, okay, all right, so now that we're, we, we, everybody here? Now that, <laughs> now that we got everybody here, let's go, let's go to uh, 2 Corinthians 12. Because when we talk about going after God, I know the first thing a lot of people think about is the press. I'm being, you know, some people may feel that I'm pressed more than I've ever pressed in my life. <laughs> Ain't that enough? Um, but it's not based on how you've been before. It's based on how you were designed to be. So 2 Corinthians 12 See, when you're believing for what God wants for you, it clarifies the press. So, so Robert, if your target is what God designed for you and you know what that target is, Hope, you, when you look at the target and you look at the press, you're going, well, based on this, I'm going to need this, right? Does that make sense? Based on the... I'm going to have to deal with this. I'm going to need this. But if you're not set on God's target, it's easy to say, why I got to do this? Why is this necessary? See, we're looking at the wrong thing, right? As uh, Pastor Mel was teaching on Wednesday, we're looking, we're, we're tripping on the process because we're blind to the purpose, right? But if you see the purpose, it clarifies the process. Does that make sense? So 2 Corinthians 12, look at 7. It says, and look at this. Remember we said our badges and our accolades here. Look, it says, unless I should be exalted above measure through the abundance of revelation. Did I tell you 2 Corinthians 12? Okay, all right. Uh, verse 7. It says, unless, uh, unless I should be exalted above measure through the abundance of revelation. Right? That makes sense. Abundance of revelation. He says, the, the more you see, the more you can almost get overconfident and exalt yourself. It says, there was given to me a thorn in a flesh, the messenger of Satan to buffet me. Keep me humble. Let, and then he said it again, lest I should be exalted above measure. So, so he didn't say you're, you shouldn't be exalted. He says, but sometimes if we get overconfident, we'll exalt ourselves above measure. Now, and this is the thing, it doesn't always look like super arrogance, but it will look like disobedience. It doesn't always look like arrogance, but it will look like disobedience. And obedience doesn't always look like, I ain't doing that. Obedience can look like, I ain't doing that. Which means you, ain't, you don't have to say it, you just ain't doing it. God can clearly show you what he wants you to do and your steps could be totally opposite. You just ain't saying nothing. 
because you don't want to deal with any heat, right? You just, I ain't doing it. Like on the, in your inner man, you just said, I ain't doing it. And then your actions line up with what? I ain't doing that. I, I know God told me to put this on the altar. I'm not doing it. See, your inner man is like, no, just tell him I understand. Start crying. Say it's okay. Break down. Yeah, yeah, that'll throw the heat off or, or that'll disarm him. Uh, we talk about that in the next message, right? That'll disarm him. And then just, just as long as you just flow like you want to flow. Hey, be willing, just don't be obedient. <laughs> Scripture says if you're willing and obedient, eat the good of the land. Hey, be willing. I mean, talk to him about it. Break down. Man. <laughs> I, I see God. I've been so disobedient. <laughs> Do all that. Long as your actions are lined up with what's comfortable for you, I'm good. Right? So it's a difference, right? And so it says, uh, uh, verse 8, it says, For this thing I besought the Lord thrice, that it might depart from me. Like, like, please, 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 right, right, right. I just like, get, get rid of it from me. It says, uh, it says, and he said unto me, look, my grace, my ability in you is sufficient for thee, for my strength is made perfect in weakness. It's saying in, 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 in when you're out of the way, when you can't do, when you're not in control, when you need my help. Most gladly, therefore, will I rather glory in my infirmities that the power of Christ, key thing is the power of Christ may rest upon me. Now, now we understand that that power is that resurrection power. May, may, may uh, it say rest upon me. Therefore, I take pleasure in infirmities, in reproaches, in necessities, in persecutions. No, I'm sorry. Let me get it right. In infirmities and in reproaches and necessities and persecutions and distresses for Christ's sake. For when I'm weak, then I am strong. So all these things that are listed here is so interesting. Infirmities, reproaches, necessities, persecutions, and distresses. He, he just said, I shifted my, my gear. I don't look at them the same. They're working something out of me, right? I'm processing things different because, see, I'm pressing. That's resistance. So if I press through the resistance, I'm only going to get stronger out of this. The temptation is to intimidate me to go back or to intimidate me to mess up. You know, I uh, got coaches to tell us in college, the purpose of a press, yes, is to hopefully you steal the ball. But even if you don't steal the ball, we just want to wear that. That, that, that point guard down. We want to break down in his mind. Like every time he go, he, he better be on his P's and Q's every time he bring the ball up because he's always under pressure. So, so fine, he may, he may get through, but the hope is he, he, he gets, uh, the scripture says in Hebrews, he faints in his mind. He gives up. He gets weary and well-doing because at that moment might be the perfect time to open the door for us to win the game. Right? And that's what the adversary just keeps pressing, 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 pressing. We may get some victories, but he's like, you ain't going to keep up the press. You ain't going to keep going after God. He's hoping you faint in your mind. Psalm 27, 13. He says, I would have fainted, given up, unless I believed to see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. Hey, I'm keeping that press, man. That's basically what he's saying. I'm keeping that praise. Right? 
All right, so so so, so let's go to Romans eight. Romans eight. Again, we're talking about going after God, and and it, it's it's going to require a press. And you know, I was, I, I was talking to somebody else how we're in this culture where people aren't really going after God. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like they're acknowledging God, they're talking about God, they're positive. Now they ain't gonna curse God, but it's almost like they get themselves props because they're not cursing God. But very few people are going after God. Uh, me and Ty was talking about, I think he, he, he referenced a conversation he had with Terrell, uh, uh, how there was missionaries coming from our country going over to other countries, but they, they're like, <laughs> I, this, is, this is the Keith Bradley paraphrase. No, 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 y'all need to go back. <laughs> they need, they need y'all more than we do. And, and my wife would tell you this, uh, in, the, in the 90s, now we moved to the house in 2002, early 2000s. So uh, it was a church that was birthed in Ohio, Overcoming Christian Center. And uh, the Overcoming Christian Center got some props out there. And uh, so the pastor ended up moving a few doors down from us. I mean, four or five doors down. So I ended up talking to him. So I said, okay, I, what brought you from, you know, Africa over here? He says, I, I, I recently came on a, a missions trip. And so when he said it, that's all he said. He didn't give me no details. I, I told my wife, I said, babe, think about this for a second. He came on a missions trip, planted a church. I said, that's what people are doing when they go over there. I said, look, they come and say, United States need help. <laughs> These people need help. They done lost their minds. They ain't, living, they ain't going after God. Hey, we need to develop some missions. So think about it. You got these huge churches in Africa, right, developing missions so they can go rescue the people that are trapped in bondage, uh, as we're going to talk about in the second service, behind enemy lines. <laughs> Like, we need to go after them. Hey, hey, I can see them over there. Now, you know, when you go over there, there's going to be a whole lot of people that look like Christians. <laughs> but when you see their everyday behavior, you're going to say, that ain't holy. That ain't godly. That don't even edify God. You're going to see a whole lot of people don't even know the Bible because they barely read it. You're going to hear people say statements like, oh, I'm not a reader. <laughs> yeah, it's a, he says, so when you go over there, it's, it's going to be different. It's, they won't be all, very few of them will be impoverished. So it's totally different. They, they come over here because they give us water. <laughs> We're going to go give them some water. Call the word. All right? We, we, we're going to help their eternity. They're trying to help our our, our every, everyday situation. But, but <laughs> water have I none, <laughs> but such I have, I'm going to give to you. <laughs> right? I just, so I just thought when he told me that yesterday, I, I just was like, I, it reminded me of the guy from Overcomers and uh, something that the Lord had shown me a long time ago. See, see? Like, like we we we're, we're focused on doing stuff at our convenience. I mean, we, we, some of us are some very good Christians at church. Phenomenal Christians at church. Do anything at church. Then when we leave church, <laughs> it's, a, it's just taking a break. 
is over. Surely God understands I'm at work. Surely God understands I'm on vacation. Surely God understands I'm, I'm doing my family time right now. We have so many things that come before God, right? Are we going after God for real? Are we going after God for real? All right, so Romans 8, uh, 18, it says, For I reckon, look, that the sufferings of this present time are not worthy to be compared with the glory which shall be revealed in us. So here you have, uh, it costs something, basically. You know, now that word suffering means restraint, retaliation. You know, I have the ability to, you know, uh, protect myself, even, even my reputation. You know, to look good, you know, to, you know, to, to do things that people go, yeah, they still cool, they still cool. You young, so, you know, no, 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 she's you know, she still, she still rolling with her. She's still rolling with her. She rolling with her. She all right. She's doing that little Christian stuff, but, you know, she ain't, she ain't that serious. You know, she, she's keeping a balance. <laughs> yeah, yeah, she's keeping a balance. Like, she's doing some God, and she's still, you know, doing the stuff we do. That would be lukewarm in the Bible, wouldn't it? In, Re- in Revelations? All right. All right, so in, in Hebrews 11, let's go to Hebrews 11. Again, we're going after God. That's all. We're going after God. But this, never mind. Never mind. I'm not going to get ahead. Let's just, let's just park here. Uh, Hebrews 11, 6. And this is so interesting because I don't know if this was the only scripture in the Bible, uh, we'd be in trouble. It says, but without faith, it is impossible. What's that word? Impossible to please him. For he that cometh to God must believe that he is and that he's a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. Now, there's, some, there's a couple words in this scripture. Let's, 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 let's pick out the word that we all like. Rewarder. I want to be rewarded. There's things that I desire. Right? So, but it says he's a rewarder of them that what? So if we're not diligently seeking God, why are we looking for the rewards? And then it says, without faith, it's impossible to please him. Because those that go after God have to know that he is. And he's a reward of them that diligently seek him. Uh, or uh, what the, the, the Lord has taught us here at Ares Christians in the church, God loves us and his plan is always better than ours. See, when you know that, Man, I don't understand how this is working out this way. I would have never planned in a thousand years that it would be working out the way it's working out. But since I didn't design this thing, I trust that it's going to work out for my good. I know the thoughts that he has for me are great. He has something wonderfully planned for me. I could be going at a momentum because I think this is what I should do. This should be my career. This should be my flow um, because this is what I was exposed to and this is what I invested in. But I trust God. Maybe it's something I don't know but I'm going to keep on going to see how it works out for my good, to see how it plays out. As opposed to I'm, I'm not going to get paralyzed in distresses or disappointments or necessities. I'm not going to get paralyzed. I'm just going to like, okay, there's something I'm not seeing. Now, in some cases, some of us already know. We already know we're not tra- following the obedient path that God wants us to follow, but the uncertain path is a lot harder than what we can control. And normally the things we can control is the things that we believe we have expertise in. You know what I'm saying? That we, 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 you know, so we normally do the things that we've, in, we've, we've trained ourselves to be quite capable at doing. 
You know what I'm saying? But a lot of our, I want, I want you to take yourself back before you got on that road. Like to you, know, when you was really young and some of the things that, you know, friends, parents, and everybody thought was like, okay, whatever. I want you to write down the things that were spoken over your life that you may have forgotten about. And the Lord will bring it back to your remembrance because there was a prophetic path already laid out for you. Some of us ran from it. Some of us uh, allowed ourselves to be blind to it. Some of us took in too much of the world and can't, can't, can't even see that path anymore. Well, we actually think it's a coincidence that we're shifting our lives. No, it's not. Is God's trying to get what he, what he wanted to get out of us a long time ago. But we, we allowed our uh, idols to distract us. Okay? All right. So this is the key. The deeper you go uh, in God. So we're talking about pleasing God. So the deeper you go into the, the word is going to be the key. The, uh, uh, the more, the deeper you go into the word, the more God is revealed, the greater the revelation that you have of God, the greater the re revelation you have of yourself. The more you see, the more you are. You change it to his image and his likeness. So the Bible says, there's a scripture in uh, Psalm 42, 7, it says, deep calleth unto deep. Now, now, now this, is, this is the uh, psalmist breaking down how he believes God is real. He says, man, I see the... the the winds and the storms and the, you know, you know as the stuff be rocking. <laughs> he said, deep calls under deep. And that's what we're creating, you know, like when you hear that crackling in the sky, you'd be like, what's going on up there? I know God ain't bowling or nothing. Like, what's happening? There's such a, a volume of impact. Like, you can't, you can't, like, measure that, that, that sound. But something so deep in God's presence is calling unto something deep in God's existence at the same time. And so when we're trying to get all of God, we got to go deeper into ourselves uh, because deep calls on the deep. So the deeper you go in him requires a deeper demand on you. The deeper you go in him requires a de uh, the deeper demand in you. And, and if you really want to uh, discover all of God, it's going to take all of you. To discover all of God is going to take all of you. I know we know the scripture, present yourself as a living sacrifice. We may get into that later, but let's go to Matthew 22. Matthew 22. And so, so to go after God like he's going to require... Uh, Minister Sammy, we're going to have to, uh, you know, like we, we all, all of us, we have these little, uh, we have our own little pet peeves. So we have, huh, our, uh, we could pick it. I don't feel like it. I'd be all right. Oh, what's the big deal? We, whatever, you know, we have, uh, we have our own, uh, how we deal with when we're uncomfortable. That could be sleepy. <laughs> that could be lazy. That could be. You know, so take yourself back to when your default was going the extra mile. Don't know what caused that, but I'll stay over here. All right, so 
can't go over there and pick with you. You guys over there, you guys are safe because of the monitor. <laughs> All right? No, you're not. So think about when you, when you, your default is going the extra mile. Now, it could be whatever it was. It could be ministry. It could be football. It could be playing sports. Uh, you know, you get a testimony of your consistency in going to the bar, right? I mean, so think, so you're, so think about something came up. So I got to figure, you figured out how to do what came up and still get to the bar, still meet your appointment with your, your, your meal and your drink, right? But nothing got you off of that. Big game coming up, but then you get a call Somebody's, something's going on in somebody's life and they need you to, hey, I need a little money, this, that, and the other. You figured out how to do that, but still make your appointment to see the game at the bar, right? Or it could be ministry or whatever. But our default, going the extra mile for the job. You know, I'm trying to get this raise. You know, um, something comes up with the family, but I got to figure out how to do that extra work. You know, because I'm trying to get this raise or how to get that extra money, do the overtime. Right? You figure out, or, or you know, I, I used me, my first car, I, you know, what happened was, uh, you know, I was catching rides, catching rides, mass transit, up, you know, up in New York, and then I moved to upstate New York. But when I got to work, you had to catch a train from the, no, you catch a train from Grand Central Station to where I worked. Once you get off the train, somebody had to pick you up, or you had to walk six miles. And uh, so, you know, you call, you call the job. Hey, I need somebody to pick me up. Most of the time, they have somebody available. But I called this one day, and the guy says, uh, I don't really think he liked me, so I'm going to put this out there. Uh, you figure it out. He said, uh, see if you can thumb it. And I heard him, but I was like, that's kind of cold. You know, so, but I, since he was the supervisor on duty, I didn't have a choice. He wasn't calling nobody. So I said, well, you know, I, you know I'm an athlete. You know, this is, I'm, uh, I'm, I'm in great shape then. I said, you know, I, I'm going to take the walk. And this is the boombox day, so I have my boombox, you know, and I have my, my bag of uh, gear, you know. And so I said, well, you know, I've, I've driven it six miles. Yeah, you know, I've run more than that. I said, so I'm going I'm to just take this walk. Six miles driving in the country is totally different than six miles walking in the country. Because all those hills, you don't really feel them driving. I'm walking, I said, are we ever going to get, are we there yet? Oh, man, I felt that. But I felt it so bad. I said, I'm getting me a car. And so this is why I opened up an account that same week. This is how serious I was. Opened up an account in upstate New York because I knew it was up there. I, could, I wasn't going to touch it. And I got my checks. Cash, where I cashed my check is where the bank was. Just put my check in the bank. Put my check in the bank. Put my check in the bank. I was like, and, 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 and this was the other thing. I, got, I went home, and I told my dad, I man, I just need a car. Ah. Well, that's cool. I'm, I, had, I had to share this, being transparent. So this is BC days, back in the day, so hopefully nobody will take this personal. So we walked up uh, my, my uncle's driveway at the time. He says, well, he says, you know, you use this, your uncle's car, and you can maybe get your brother to, to steal you some tires, get some people to steal you some tires and stuff like that. This is back in the day. Don't, I'm just, I had to share the true story for impact. So when I heard that, not like I never stole before, but I was like, 
you kind of like my dad. Like, so, and it, it hit me, it, it cut me in a way. So I said, no, I'm good. I didn't, I didn't tell him my, what I was going to do or nothing. I was just said, I'm good. I said, man, I need to just get my own car. So I sacrificed all types of stuff that I was doing then. All of a sudden, my whole priority is changing. No, no, I can't be doing it. I can't do that. I didn't tell people why. Because I'm getting that car. It took me no time to save up the money to get that car. No time. When I moved to Ohio, I got my first car. I, I, I wasn't used to a car note. I paid it off for seven months. I just kept, I, I don't know, how, I was paying like double or triple the payments. I don't remember. But I paid it off in seven months. Why? Because I was like, no, I just can't, I just, I just can't have a note. Well, look, my priorities change. What am I saying? If we're going after God, if, 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 if we set our, our hearts going after God, how will we, be, will we still be operating the exact same way we've been operating? So, because this is what our goal is, what? Not, not, well, God, if you come love me, I'll go after you. So I'm not, gonna, I'm not moving. I'm not changing nothing I do. But suppose I shift to, God, I'm going after you. Hurdles come up. Circumstances come up. What am I doing? I'm going after God. We talked about it yesterday. I said, babe, I said, I just, I said, I said, my, my obedience is independent of circumstances. If God tells me to do something, I'm just going to do it. I'm going to be consistent with it. I'm, I'm, see, again, if it's based on the crowd, I might change what I'm doing. But it's not. It's based on obedience. It, it, circumstance had nothing to do with it because I'm going after God. And so if God says something, I'm going to do it. Like, okay, God, you sure? Like, because there's an easier way we could do this. We're not looking for easy, Keith. I need you to just do what I designed you to do. You were off track, so it's going to be more uncomfortable because now you got to get back on track. You weren't playing off of me. You was playing off of props and stats and accolades and money. You was playing off of a dream, but you weren't playing off a purpose. Okay, all right, so keep that in mind. And um, so we said it's going to cost all of us, right? So Matthew 22 and 21. Matthew 22. And we'll do verse 37. It says, And Jesus said unto him, Thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, with all thy soul, and with all thy mind. And people read through this scripture, a lot of times they breeze through it, you know. Uh, again, you know, because they may or may not be really going after God. And they, they say, with all heart, soul, and spirit. That's not what the scripture says. It says, with all your heart, soul, and mind. But what it's saying is going to deeper and deeper levels. With all your heart, with every emotion you possibly can have. With all your soul, all your choices, your mind, your will, your emotion, your intellect. With all your mind. He says, so we're going to go to the heart. Within the heart is the soul. Your soul and the spirit is, is makes up your heart. It says within the soul is the mind. He says, I want you to keep going deep. To, to, to your default is God. Now, our default has been many things, but very seldom has our default been God. And you'll see things shift. You'll, th you'll think, you'll, you'll, 
even the rewards will shift because now we're truly going after God. So it's about pleasing him. We just said it, uh, uh, Hebrews eleven six. 6. Our faith is impossible to please him. First uh, John 3. Let's go to First John 3. I like a lot of new stuff, but I, I'm, I still like, you know, yeah, some of the old classics, you know, like I'm, I'm an old uh, Georgia Mass Choir and Mississippi Mass Choir guy, you know, yeah, I, you know, well, I think, was it, oh, Florida Mass Choir, <clears throat> the blood, <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm, so some stuff I'd be pulling out of the archives. Um even though some of those people have compromised since then, but what are you going to do? All right, First John 3.22. It says, uh, and, for what, and, what, and whatsoever we ask, we receive of him because we keep his commandments and do those things that are what? Pleasing in his sight. Amplify says this. We receive what we ask when we keep his commandments, follow his plan. Look, habitually practice what pleases him. It's, 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 so that's our default. So some of us are trying to, as a mental ascent, with our head, we're trying to do what we believe may please him. But he wants, hope he wants us to do it so consistently that it becomes his habit, right? It becomes our habit. So it's what we do, Rob, without even thinking about it, right? What pleases him. And, and you got to watch it because some of us have the, uh, uh, what do you call it? Some of us have, uh, this is probably for to the next service, but we got these booby traps. Like anytime we go but so deep, the booby trap springs and be like, whoa, <laughs> you, thought you thought I was going to go deep. I'm not going that deep. All right. It's something in us that won't allow us to go but so deep. So like when somebody's really getting to your heart. Where, where does the defensiveness come from? Or somebody really uh, gets exposed to all of your life. Where, where's, where's that, that uh, uh, protecting my business? Where, where does that come from? If our, li if our life is a living sacrifice. That means your life is on display for people to learn from your mistakes, right? Right? <laughs> right? So, so, so this says habitually practice what pleases him. So pleasing God, uh, we're not going to get to all of it today, but I'll give you a couple. There's a couple of things we need to do to please God. Number one is embrace his desire for us to know him. Number one is embrace his desire for us to know him. To please God, we must embrace his desire for us to know him. Let's go to Ephesians 1. Going after God, Ephesians 1, verse 9. Uh, it says, having made known unto us the mystery of his will according to the, to, look, his good pleasure, what pleases him, which he has purposed in himself. Uh, uh, I'll give to you, I believe this is amplified. It says, having made known unto us the mystery or the secret of his will. His will is his plan and purpose according to the good pleasure, his merciful intention, which he has purposed in himself. He ent he's entrusting us with the knowledge of him. 
He's entrusting us. Hey, I'm opening, I'm opening the door. God don't have his business like we do. He's opening the door. He's trusting us to go in and really discover him. The message says, letting us in on his plans, he took such delight in making. He's letting us in on it. When we go after God, he's, you know, sometimes it's confusing. I don't know why this is working out this way because we don't understand the plans. But if you take the time to investigate and learn the plans. So God is pleased with us knowing him, what he's done, what he is doing, what he can do, and what he wants to do in our lives. Basically, he wants to be there for us. So if we're confused, that's because we have not investigated in the knowledge of what the plan is. So when something happens, you go, if you know the plan, you're like, uh, yeah, this is a part of the plan. But if you don't understand the plan, you're like, I don't understand why this is happening. You know how like you, you miss uh, three classes this week at school. You show up and then they're doing stuff, you know, on the test, or, you know, the quiz on Friday, you go, well, you know, I, I, we didn't go over this. We didn't go over it or you wasn't here? Just, uh, somebody just come up to me and Pastor Mel was like, well, you know, I was just wondering if are we ever going to teach on, uh, I forgot what the topic was. I won't say what it was so we won't bust nobody out. I said, uh, yeah, we've taught on that quite a bit of times on Wednesdays. <laughs> the person wasn't there. But even asking the question, if, if, if there's services that I'm not at, why can't I assume that there's something I didn't get? Why do I assume what I, was, what I was exposed to is all there is? It might be something I, every time you're not here, there's something you missed. Now, if you don't go back and find out what you missed, how are you asking questions? You were in that class. <laughs> right? And that's, and that's, that's what happens. Like, we're, we're, we're not present all the time. We're missing intricate details to the plan so when stuff happens a certain way sometimes we go I don't know what to do well God gave you what to do you just wasn't there sometimes we go I, I don't know how to handle this well God told you how to handle this you wasn't paying attention you were in the building but you wasn't present right but he already covered it ahead of time we do, we do it all the time we'd be sitting talking to people and, and, and I'd be looking at first I was like well, I don't want to sound like facetious or anything but is this some type of joke because what's being asked has been detailed broke down already so I'm like so then I said okay well maybe they weren't there as like I told my son this week I said my first thought is I'm assume you're not not aware y'all want to know your pastor if I ask you questions my first thought is let me assume that they're not aware of this I'm not the type of guy to go oh no they know what they're doing they just they're just trying to hurt somebody or they're just trying to be negligent or they don't care. I don't think like that. My first thought is maybe they're not aware. So I was talking to my son and I asked him a question and, you know, he got defensive. I said, son, son, no, 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 no. Yeah, I didn't say you committed a crime. I'm just assuming you're not aware. Because if you're aware, then I could, I could, I could easily be hurt by what you just did. I could think it's intentional neglect here. But I'm not going to think that. I'm going to think that maybe you're not aware. He says, okay, dad, I see what you're saying. So that's how I roll. Like, maybe they're not aware. Because I actually pay attention. Now, I know I'm a piece of work because I have a great memory. But I, I do pay attention. So I go, maybe they weren't aware. Right? We do it all the time. Right? We go, okay. And then we go, well, you know, we discussed that at this day, this day, this day, this day, this day. So once you understand the plans, right, 
It makes sense. I know what the goal is. I know how this thing's supposed to play out. It looks like we're running away in the war. We'll talk about this next service. But really, we're leading them to an ambush because I know the plans. I'm not, man, why we running, man? No, I know why we running. We setting them up. They think we fleeing, but we're actually drawing them into a trap because we know the plans, okay? So God is trying to say, take the time to know the plans, get to know him, and you know, like God wouldn't do nothing to allow you to be hurt if you know him. I don't care what the, how it look. If you know God, you'd be like, okay, this is this gonna work out for my good. God has this thing set up. So I, I know how it may seem, how it's perceived, but I know God. But if you don't know him, you'd be like, how could he do this to me? You don't know God then. But he set it up for us to know him, right? And then uh, the last thing we'll end up with here is stay in his word. If we're going to go after God, we're going to please him, stay in his word. Stay in that word. Uh, the scripture says, if you love him, you'll keep his commandments. John uh, 14, 15. Right? Look, look, if you love me, you'll keep my commandments. So, so not just stay in his word, but keep. See, to keep his word, I have to, I have to uh, do it, right? I have to practice it, you know, so it is so to be a part of my heart. Right? So, so, so he says, if you love me, yeah, I love, God knows I love him. No, no, we don't have to even go through all that guessing. Are you keeping his commandments? If you love him, you keep his commandments, right? Right? I mean, is that, is that pastors? That's what the Bible says, right? All right, we, don't need to, we need to go through the scripture. All right, so John 14, 15. And then um, we'll end with this, Isaiah 55. Isaiah 55. So we're going after God. So to go after God, we have to be willing to please him. And, I, and I'll be honest, it's even beyond our good deeds. Sometimes we do a good deed and we think we hung the moon. But if you're presenting yourself as a living sacrifice, it's what you do. You know, you don't do a good deed and then for the next seven months, <laughs> like you ain't doing nothing right. Like you like, I did, remember that good deed I did. I was there for them. No, no, it's 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 a, a obedient life, not just about good deeds. Okay. So Isaiah fifty-five. Now we're talking about pleasing God. So Isaiah fifty-five, and we'll start here with verse six. We're going after God, right? Look at here. It says, "Seek seek ye the Lord while he may be found. Call upon him while he is near." It says, let the wicked forsake his way and the unrighteous man his thoughts. It says, and let him return unto the Lord. So let him return unto the Lord and he will have mercy upon him and to our God and he will abundantly pardon, right? So we're saying that, you know, people are going their way, twisted, wicked. And, and people that are not in right standing with God are caught up in their thoughts, but not God's thoughts, which we'll find out here in a second. Right. It says, for my thoughts, verse eight, are not your thoughts. So that's why he's calling you unrighteous when the, your, your thoughts don't harmonize with his. Right. It says, neither are your ways my ways, said the Lord. See, look, oh, oh, the wicked forsake his way, the unrighteous man his thoughts. 
He told us that in the previous scripture, right? Then he breaks it down even further. He says, why am I calling you wicked or twisted? Because your thoughts aren't mine. They're not harmonizing with my will. Your ways aren't harmonizing with my, my ways. You're going your way, not my way, right? So he's, he's trying to explain some, something to you. And then verse 9, it says, For as the heaven is higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than yours, and my thoughts than yours. So he's like, you got to get beyond your thoughts and your ways and elevate yourself to my thoughts and my ways, right? Verse 10, says the rain cometh down and the snow from heaven and returneth not thither but watereth the earth and maketh it bring forth and bud and it may give seed to the sower and bread to the eater look so shall my word be that goeth forth out of my mouth it shall not return unto me void look but it shall accomplish that which what I please and it shall prosper in the thing wherein I sent it so he's saying that his word that comes out of his mouth is accomplishing what he pleased. So to please God, we need to harmonize with his word, right? You abide in me, my words abide in you, you ask what you will and it shall be done unto you. Why? Uh, this is the confidence that we have. That if we pray anything according to his will, he hears us and we can have the petitions that we desire of him, right? So we please him when we harmonize with the word. So yes, we can have our own, we've been given intellect, we've been given experience, We've been given traditions and we can take these things and go, well, I don't think there's anything wrong with that. That's your thoughts. Well, you know, I'm doing this, but ain't nobody ain't hurt nobody. That's your ways. But it says forsake your ways and thoughts and harmonize with his. If you want to please him. Otherwise, don't say you're pleasing him. And don't even say you're trying to please him. Because is the behavior lining up with the word? And that's not fire and brimstone or, oh, my God, he's beating us. No, it's not. It's, it's Bible, right? It's Bible. Now, you got to decide if you want to go after God or not, right? If you want to please God or not. All right, so, so, so uh, we'll end there. We'll get into some other ways of pleasing God the next time we talk about going after God, but let's challenge ourselves to really go after God, not after the flesh, which we'll get into uh, down the road here uh, next week probably.